Praise the Lord. What a great song list. Can we give it up to those viewing online this morning as well? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for all that you do. Praise the Lord. Wow. Hey, uh, just a uh, couple things really quickly before we start. First of all, great to be back. I was shaking hands with as many people as I could because we were gone last week and just seems like we're you kind of miss, you miss forever. But great job for Marcus and the worship team from last week. Can we give those guys a hand of appreciation? Thank you guys for what you do. Praise the Lord. Um, Thursday morning, I'm going to be preaching on a television station uh, that has 180 nations and a viewership of 160 million. So I just pray that you would pray with me. Uh, that the Lord's work would be done. I'm one of three of their guests. And so uh, God's doing some cool things. Uh, in, in, oh, hold it closer. Can you hear me now? Uh, just like Verizon. Praise the Lord. Um, so uh, we'll just see what God has in store. Uh, just some cool doors that the Lord's opening and some good stuff that's taking place. Also want to stop for a moment and pray. Uh, we lost a dear friend of our church, Roxanne Ellers, just yesterday. Uh, totally unexpected. Uh, Janie and I went up to pray on, uh, I guess, was it Friday morning? We went to pray Friday morning, got called in uh, to pray. And so a great, great friend, a longtime attender of the church. Um, also, when we went back to Omaha, our daughter and son-in-law lost a great friend, um, a Kansas City police officer, uh, killed in line of duty, the first officer in 20 years to to be killed in the line of duty. So that's the Mulbauer family. We'd like to pray for them this morning. And then a good friend of our church, Pete Yemenez, is in the hospital and not, not doing well. Uh, we want to pray for him. So I'll just pause for a moment. If you have if you have a need or someone, you just lift up their needs. Let's, can we pray together just that the Lord would, first of all, bring peace to those families who have lost somebody and then healing to those who are uh, those in the hospital. Can you pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for... Um, just, Lord, your perfect will, your perfect peace, Jehovah Shalom, that passes all understanding. We pray for uh, the Eller family. Pray for the Mobauer family. Pray for the Yemenez family. God, we pray for those that, Lord, need comfort, those that need healing, those that, Father Lord, just need, a, 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 Father Lord, you to surround them with your loving arms. And, Father, bless them, Father. Continue to uh, be with them. Lord, those that, Father Lord, can be healed. Lord, we pray for Pete this morning. You just bring healing, uh, send that cancer back to the pits of hell in Jesus' name. We declare your righteousness, Father Lord, over them, and we pray blessings upon them, Father, with, again, peace and comfort. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, being gone is just like um, like old home week coming back. And I like my word uh, today. I like what the what the Lord's given me uh, to give to you. So I, I pray that you just would receive it today and and let the Lord just do a new thing in you. God is is uh, is really is, is you maybe you've read God's doing new things across the country and across the globe and. And uh, Jane and I, just when we were able to spend time together, we experienced God in just a, a fresh way, in a, in a new way. Uh, spending time in the car, we hit a blizzard on the way up. It was one-lane traffic. It was snow-covered, and there was trucks and vans and cars and ditches all over. But, you know, the Lord just keeps his hand upon us, and we slowed it down from 80 to 25, and 
he was <laughs> he was with us. It took us a lot longer to get there than we hoped, but but God is God is faithful. Amen. So we're in Song of Songs, which is Song of Solomon, and we'll we'll read a couple of verses there. Then we're going to jump over to Isaiah because it's um, it just it's it's a good word. It's a word fitly spoken for for today. So I want you to just to grab a hold of it. So uh, we'll read Song of Songs, then we'll pray. Let's read uh, chapter one. Uh, verses 8 and 9, listen, my radiant one. Now, Song of Solomon, written this way in the Passage translation, is more, it's not necessarily a Solomon uh, speaking to his wife or to his lover, to the Shumanite woman, which is the case a lot in Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon. It's God speaking to his children. So it's in, in the Passion Translation, it's red letter edition. So it's, a, it's appropriate for us today. So you need to hear this as if God were speaking it to you today, okay? So listen, my radiant one or my child, if you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers or my children, those whom I love. Come with your burdens and your cares. Any of burdens and cares here today that you're just like, okay, God, I need you to work this out. Jesus is saying today, hey, come, my child, come, come to me, my friend. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. Verse number nine says, my dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. Excuse me, you are so thrilling to me. A gaze upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses. I had shared in the first service I'd never been compared to an animal before, but Marcus assured me there was a couple of animals in particular that I had been compared to. I, I could have went all day without hearing that. But I had been compared, even from early childhood, to donkeys, so... In a, in a slang form, um, but a horse. Think about that, a majestic animal. Jesus is going to come back on a horse. He's riding a, a horse and on, those, on his thighs, king of kings and lord of all lords, amen? God is, so right here we're seeing this majestic animal, the, uh, maybe like a, an Arabian horse or a big beautiful thoroughbred or a Belgian horse or some big mighty horse. This is what he's saying, being compared to gazing upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses, a strong, regal steed pulling his his royal chariot. I want you to know today that's how God looks at you. That's how God thinks about you. In fact, we'll talk about uh, God today in a couple different ways that on how he, he wants to be part of your, your life, part of who you are. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open, our minds would be set, Lord, to receive today what you have for us, Lord, what you've, what you've given us, Father, Lord, to, to share in your good, good word, Father. We love you so much. Bless the hearer today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Again, we greet you in Jesus' mighty name. We greet those who are watching online in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. A few weeks ago, I talked about an infinite mindset. I talked about infinite grace, a grace that if we're, if we're worthy of, stretches on and on and on. There's a finite grace, and a finite grace is what we receive for ourselves, grace unto salvation, grace unto making things worth, but there's an infinite grace that God wants to use through us so we can share that with others. And I shared earlier in the first service downtown that uh, Easter is not a holiday. Easter is a holy day. 
It's a time that we can invite people out to the kingdom, invite people out for church, invite people out for breakfast, invite people out to know who uh, this Jesus Christ is that we love and serve. But in our infinite mindset, in our infinite grace, there's a, a way that we can attach ourselves to something more mighty and powerful than we are, not only through salvation, but through a lifestyle, a way of living. A year ago, last January, I spoke on our uh, series in January on the fourth dimension Christianity. Being a fourth dimension person, a first dimension would be us, how, how we walk. Just literally, our ground that we walk on, our second dimension is what we feel or touch. A third dimension is what we see. But a fourth dimension would bring us into a spiritual realm. It's, it's Paul entering into the second or third heaven, he calls it. He wasn't sure. It's David saying, no matter where I go, Lord, whether it's the highest of heights or the lowest of lows, you're there. There's a fourth dimension Christianity that God wants to get to us. And we would call it spirituality or spiritual factor. It's something that even the philosophers have longed for over years and years and years. But it's a spirituality that God has made appropriate for us today, and he shares with us. So if we take our infinite mindset or we take this fourth dimension, it would be appropriate today as we talk about an infinite cause or an infinite case. We're going to go to Isaiah now, and I'll give you some ideas on what, uh, what I believe God has in store for us. So uh, Isaiah will read 8 through 11, then we'll, we'll jump back to 8 and, and work on some stuff. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Your ways declares the Lord. As far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, or King James says void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I send it. We jump from Song of Solomon and listening to the Lord and him being proud and glad of us to Isaiah. And all of a sudden, God says these things. In fact, let's go to verse 8 back again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And God's not saying this in a condescending fashion. He's not trying to put us down or belittle us. In fact, he's trying to raise us up. He's trying to bring us up to this fact, hey, if your thinking is wrong or your thinking is off, maybe you need to change your mindset a little bit. So now we can have these infinite thoughts, not finite thoughts, like is this as good as it gets? Or I'm not ever going to be any better in life than this? I'm not going to have anything else? Or I'm not going to do anything else for the Lord? What, what more can I accomplish? Solomon said that as a man thinks, so is he. So now I start to think a little bit better thoughts than maybe I thought before. Now, this is not Scientology. This is not mind over matter. This is simply agreeing with God has already spoken about you. In fact, let's look at a couple of things. Let's go to uh, Psalm 139 and verse 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, David is saying. So now he's, he's trying to match with what God is saying. How vast is the sum of them? So God's thoughts are broad. God's thoughts are strong. God's thoughts are loud towards you. In fact, Jeremiah 29 and 11 says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Ah, think about that for a second. 
says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So you're saying for a second that even though so-and-so thinks poorly of me, thinks bad of me, and if you're a, a business owner, an employee, a pastor, you've probably gotten emails or text messages before of someone not thinking very highly of you. I know that shocks you that I would ever get an email of someone that doesn't like me, but it happens. And I send it over to Emily, and she responds. It doesn't matter what others think about you. What matters is what God thinks about you. What matters is that God cares for you. And what matters is that God loves you. And he calls you his own. Think about that. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you, you know for one, for first of all, First of all, first and foremost, God says that he thinks of you as peace and not of evil, that he has a future and a hope for your life. So when I wake up tomorrow morning, I know that the creator of all of the universe loves me. I know the creator of all the universe, he thinks highly of me. Think about that for a moment. If you have any inhibitions in the world, any problem that you think maybe I'm not enough, God says you are enough. <laughs> God loves you. God, are you going to work this out? Yes, he will. Why? Because he cares. He thinks that you're special. See, we, we think, man, I messed up. Oh, man, I, I, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe that these things have happened. And yet God says, my child, my son, my daughter, I have a hope and a future for you. Yeah, but Pastor, I'm like, I'm 75. That's what Abraham was, by the way. 75 when he said, all of Israel is going to flow through you, Abraham. You mean I'm not too old? No, neither are you too young. Timothy was young in the Lord. Timothy was a young person. In fact, the, some theologians will say all the apostles were young, possibly in their teenagers. I would argue that. They were all business owners, so they're probably in their 20s or 30s, but they were young in spirit, young in heart. But yet, listen, nobody wanted the apostles in the rabbinical school. Jesus wanted them to follow him. What side are you on? It doesn't matter what society says about you. It matters what God says about you. Not only does it matter what God says about you, it matters what God thinks towards you. When we have this thought process of, of knowing what we need to be about, if we can have infinite thinking, if we can imagine. In fact, the Bible says that I have not seen nor has ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man what God has in store for you. fact is, if he told us, our mind would just... We blow up inside. God, I can't imagine that you have all that prepared for me. By the way, we're going to start next week talking about heaven. Like, what is heaven like? What are the myths of heaven? Are we all going to be like angels floating around on a cloud? Seems kind of boring to me, right? Yeah, but there will be no, you know, no turmoil. There will be no hurting. There will be no. So we're going to discover together what, what his heaven is like. If, if God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come on this earth and die for us, that he could raise again so that we could have entrance gates into the heavenlies, we need to figure out what heaven's about. So we're going to do that during the month of March so that you can invite friends on Easter Sunday and Palm Sunday and say, hey, let's go check out this Jesus together. God's thoughts towards us are incredible, church. But as a, mind, as a man thinketh, so he becomes. 
You need to maybe change your thinking, possibly. Am I, do I look at myself this way, or do I look at myself the way God sees me? We sometimes will laugh, well, they're of this descent or of this nationality, or they're this way because they're that way. We need to be in God's way, amen? We need to do what God tells us to do. Let's go to verse number 9 then on, on the Isaiah 4. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So I wake up tomorrow morning, I realize that God thinks highly of me. That's kind of humbling if you think about it. We shouldn't be proud or arrogant. God, you, you think that you have great hopes and a great future for me. I know there were times in my life I didn't know if it was going to work out for me or not. I lost my first four jobs. I got laid off everyone. The company closed down every time. I was in my mid-20s and thought, dear Lord, am I, am I, am I employable? And a wife and three kids. But I realized that God's ways are higher than my ways. So what are God's ways? Well, let's go to Matthew 6 and 33 for a moment. You know this very well. Jesus speaking, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Well, we have to diagnose the word righteousness, which in its literal interpretation means right ways. So let's read it again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways. And then all these things will be added to you. Peter had been in a little bit of a, a tussy. He, he was mad because everybody was getting blessed and healed, and we left everything. Master, we, we've left it all. We've left home, and we've left business. We left everything, and, and we're not, we don't even have a place to rest. And Jesus says, wait, Peter, seek first the kingdom of God in his right ways, his righteousness, right ways, Jehovah, Sid Canoe. His right ways. In other words, do things right. If you'll do things that are right, then all these things will be added unto you. So there's kind of a qualifier there a little bit, isn't it? Like, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? I would suggest to you that even though God thinks mighty of you and has a future for you and hope for you, are you doing things right by God? How come things aren't working out? Are you doing things right by God? It's not a term of legalism. But there's a legal approach to it that you can remind God, God, I bring my tithe, or God, I pray in quiet, or God, I've agreed in prayer, or God, I've spoken healing, or God, I've done these things on your behalf. I'm doing things right. So then James tells us then in 2 and 23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, right ways, and he was called a friend of God. So now when I wake up tomorrow morning, or you wake up tomorrow morning, not only does God think highly of you, if you're doing things right, he calls you a friend of God. How many wants to be a friend of God? I mean, you may want other acquaintances in your life. I can't think of a better acquaintance than the person who spoke this world into existence. Hey, God calls me friend. It's nice to have friends, isn't it? I mean, it really is. It's, it's nice to, to know people. 
in the position that I carry here in the church, I get to know a lot of different people, and a lot of different people will say, hey, do you know of someone? I said, yeah, I got a, I got a guy. Let me text you his number. Do you, do you know of someone that can help me with this? Yeah, I got a guy. Well, I don't have a guy, but I know a guy who's got a guy. Let me text you his information. Marcus, you know, works for Every Home for Christ, and uh, a couple years ago during COVID, they needed to move 15 pallets of merchandise out of a warehouse in Denver, and so the, the cost was going to be astronomical, like $20,000 or so to move that, that product. And so uh, Marcus or Dave, his boss, one of them said, hey, check with, check with your dad and see if, what, if he knows of anybody. Well, I did. I knew of two people, one Nick Thummel. I said, you could call Nick and Clorinda. They got a trucking business. I said, wait a second. You could call your cousin Lindsay. She, she brokers shipments all the time. And so uh, Marcus called uh, his cousin Lindsay, and Lindsay got the shipment for a third of what the, the, they were going to charge, and so she got an account. Dave was happy. Marcus was a hero, all because of friendships involved or, or family relationships. You need a friend. I have a, a friend, two pastor friends, and um, one's in Kentucky and one's in uh, Pennsylvania. Pat Butcher is the gentleman in Kentucky, and, and John Nuzo is the friend in Pittsburgh, north of Pittsburgh. And we were all at a conference together. All, each of us had a, a speaking role at a pastor's conference, and, and Pat Butcher uh, was doing his part, and he said he had a gentleman in his office. And uh, in, 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 in his conversation with him, the man had no friends. He, he, Pat was saying, well, if you show yourself friendly, you'll have friends going through the whole thing. Sir, you need to have a friend. He said, well, he said, I don't think anybody, there's never a friend and he talked talk to him about Jesus being this great friend of ours. Uh, he said, I don't, there's just no friends like that in, 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 the, in the world today. He said, well, let me give you an example. He said, so he, he dialed John uh, Nuzo and he put him on the speakerphone and said, hey, John, no questions. I don't have time uh, for any discussion. He said, I need, need $15,000 today. I'm in a world of hurt. Can you get it for me? And, and John said, are you sure there's nothing wrong? There's like, you're okay? And uh, he said, yeah. He said, okay, let me, let me see what I can do. And they hung up. And he, he said, listen, you need some friends in your life that you can call, no questions asked. They can meet that need for you right then and there. And so the guy's like, I, I, I can't believe that just happened. He said, listen, there's even a greater friend than Jesus. He leads them to the Lord, and they, they pray. Everything's good. About an hour and a half, two hours later, he calls John. Pat calls John up and says, hey, hey, John. He said, I don't, I don't need the money. He said, are, are you okay? Is everything all right? What in the world do you need, $15,000? You know, I'm making a point to someone in my office. He said, oh, good. I, only come, I can only come up with five. I had to make some calls to try to get the other ten. He said, you need a friend. You need friends. The Bible says that, or not the Bible, but uh, Jim Rome says that you are the reflection of the five people that you hang around the most. Now think about that. Are you always dejected? Or are you always in a bad way? Or are you always down and out? Or are you always doing good? Are you always like positive? Or are you always, are you always, you know, saying good things and positive things about people? The people that you hang around the most, you are a reflection of. And if you choose to be down on your luck all the time, Maybe you should change your friendship. When you wake up tomorrow, King Jesus says that you will be his, you will be his friend. Now in John 15 and 14, Jesus said to his disciples, you are my friends if you do what I command. Now some people will say, well, I didn't think Jesus was conditional. His love is unconditional. 
His, he loves you just the way you are. He accepts you just the way you are. But to be a friend is relational. And so Jesus is saying that if, to apostles, if you do as I command, you can be my friend. But then he adds this. But, he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So now if I'm a friend of Jesus and I'm walking in his right ways and I'm doing what he wants me to do, all right, then... I can ask those things in the name of Jesus. Now, some things are still a product of the fall. That's not an excuse. That's just the way it is. But we have a friend in God. And it was started when Abraham stepped out in faith to do what God called him to do. If you would dare to step out in faith and do what God's called you to do, he calls you friend. So now you wake up tomorrow morning and not only uh, God's thoughts good towards you, God's to overcome. You're no longer a sinner, but you're a saint. You're no longer lost, but you're redeemed. You're no longer an orphan, but you're adopted. You're now joint heirs with Christ. And as we sing, you are sitting in heavenly places. So not only his thoughts are good towards you, now he calls you friend. I want you to understand the magnificence of that. But maybe you're not friends with some of the most popular influencers on TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter accounts. And I read where some of these people have followers in the hundreds of millions. But on earth right now as we speak, the greatest influencer of all is his name is Jesus Christ. He has two billion followers on earth right now. And the greatest influencer on earth right now says he'll be your friend. We just have to follow him. Uh, some people have no followers. We don't need followers. We need to follow someone whose name is Jesus. Let's go to verse number 11 then on Isaiah 55. So we, we know his thoughts are infinite, but they're towards us. We know his friendship is infinite, but he, he, it becomes us. Then he says, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth that shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and it shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. Leave that up there for just a moment. You know, when we were younger, we said, made the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And my wife and I were driving in our car this years ago. She said, man, that couldn't be more wrong. Like words hurt. I mean, words are piercing. Words can be damaging, but words can also bring life. Words can bring love. And when God's word goes out of his mouth, it never returns void because God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers tells us that. So what does this mean? Well, when God speaks something, it exists. It will happen. And even though we may not grab a hold of it, although it was purposed and intended for us, somebody else will. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the earth looking to see whose heart is melted towards him so that he can bless them. The Bible says in Revelation it's the same thing about the eyes running to and fro, going out and coming back, going out and coming back. It's this idea that we might have. Have you ever had an idea that you didn't act upon that came to fruition through somebody else? It's like, oh, I had that idea. Oh, years ago. Our daughter Jessica years ago said, I wonder if we couldn't turn the, the uh, iPhone into like a garage door opener. And then somebody else created that idea, and now they're millionaires. And she's still working for a living. Are you with me? You understand? 
So sometimes those ideas are actually from God. His word is actually spoken. That those thoughts that God has to create the whole universe, he actually has good thoughts towards you. His right ways make you a friend. And as he's a friend, you're a friend with the greatest influence on the world today. And as you're an influencer, this friend named Jesus, now he starts to speak good things over you. My wife and I pray every single day over our coffee for our kids, for our church, for our grandbabies. Some of the grandbabies are taller than me now, but they're still our grandbabies. They're strong and mighty and powerful. They're young and vicious and bold. They're, they're, they're athletic and they're brilliant. And, they're, and, we, and we speak over them good things. And we speak over their future spouses. And we speak over their future children, our future grandbabies. And, and we do it with the authority that God has given us. Am I, am I prophesying? Not yet. Okay. You know, I got a couple no's up front there. Not, not yet. That's okay. No worries. No hurries. You have the right parent, grandparent. You have the right. God has given you the right. God's given you his word. This word right here is not just a book. It's, it's full of poetry. It's full of history. It's full of culture. It's full of prophecy. It's full of revelation. It's full of love and life. It's full of hope. It's full of a future. This book called the Bible, if we don't read it every day, we're only hurting ourselves. We, we have what God has given us, his word. Has anybody ever given you their word? I have people in my life, I learned from my dad, you give your word, you don't have to sign a contract. It's your word. It's, it's a done deal. And he was a man of his word. He was loyal in and out. And I learned that from him that when you give your word, well, God Almighty has given you his word. You call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. That's God's word. Yeah, but pastor, they ain't dressing right. <laughs> yeah, but pastor, they ain't doing this right. You don't have to back up God's word. God can back his word up for himself. All you have to do is remember, remind God what he said. He likes that. He likes you saying, hey, God, would you, would, would you remember that in your word you said where two or three shall gather together in your name, there will you be in the middle of them? God, you remember saying that? So, God, we're agreeing together in what the Bible would call a symphony of prayer. We're agreeing together a lot for healing. We're agreeing together, God, for miracles. We're agreeing together, God, for salvation. But when we look at his word, Genesis, the first chapter, we'll just use the first Bible, the chapter of the Bible as, a, as an example. Nine times in Genesis, the first chapter, the Bible says, and God said. And God said. That's important. First chapters in books are important. Then God said, first chapter of the whole Bible, and God said six times, the Bible said, he either made or created. And three times he saw, and what he saw was good. So God's given us the ability, the infinite word of God. In fact, uh, I'm not a scientist. Uh, I'm not as smart as that, that class of, of being. I don't know protons and neutrons and all those different things. I'm not medical. I'm pretty simple-minded. But I know this, that scientists have gotten to the point where the very smallest thing that they've been able to detect is what they call vibration. Which, by the way, when you look at the true definition of the Hebrew meaning of the word God speaking is vibration. When God speaks something out, 
So what does he say to you? He says, you're a joint heir with Christ. He says, your sins are forgiven. He says, you are loved and valued. There's, there's a hope and a, a calling. There's a, a future and there's peace and there's love. So why do we listen to what the enemy says when God Almighty says all these beautiful things over us? Why do we give the devil place? Paul says not to. Don't give the devil any place. Stop listening to those lies. Well, pastor, this is real. I really feel this way or I really am this way. This is my health condition. Great. I understand because of the fall, there's things like that. But we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's a go-between. And not only that, as he's sitting in heavenly places, the Bible says because of our friendship with Jesus Christ, he invites us to sit there with him. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Your word, Father. So worship team comes back. I want to read just a couple more scriptures that maybe hopefully will build you up. Psalms 119, 49, 50, and 54. Lord, never forget the promises you've made to me. This is David writing. Hey, Lord, don't forget. Like, I think David's actually saying to himself, don't forget, but he, he puts the onus on, on the Lord. For they are my hope and my confidence. In all of my affliction, I find great comfort in your promises. For they have kept me alive as I journey through life, I put all your statutes to music. This is why we're getting ready to sing one more time. I want to sing God's word. I want to pray it over you. I want to pray it over my family. They become the theme of my joyous songs. The scribes and Pharisees were ripping into Jesus. Didn't consider him royalty because he was born from a carpenter's son. Raised in the carpenter's house, born of a virgin who got pregnant out of wedlock. No hope for him. Didn't realize he'd come to redeem them. And then Matthew says it this way in our scripture, Jesus speaking, you must determine if a tree is good or rotten. You can recognize good trees by their delicious fruit, but you can find rotten fruit. You can be certain that the tree is rotten. The fruit defines the tree. But you who are known as the Pharisees are rotten to the core. You've been poisoned by the nature of a venomous snake. How can your words be good and trustworthy if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. When virtue is stored within, the hearts of good and upright people will produce good fruit. But when evil is hidden within, those who are evil will produce evil fruit. You can be sure of this, when the day of judgment comes... Everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Your very words will be used as evidence against you, and your words will declare you're either innocent or guilty. Stand with me today. I wanted to close with that to let you know how important words are. If Jesus is going to judge every idle word that we speak, how we treat or act or speak against a neighbor, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, someone on the street that we don't know, how we judge them, how we're harsh against them. Those words are being stored up. Now, in Isaiah 55 and 11, Kurt, can we put that up one more time? The very end says, It shall not return empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word over you is love. God's word over you is hope. God's word over you is life. God's word over you is favor and grace and mercy. All we have to do is receive it, and we'll come back.
Let me pray for you. And during the next song, as we worship together, start to confess good things. Start to confess things that are going to work out rather than have doubt or fear that things won't work out. Father, we thank you so much today for your word is love and your word is life. When we know there's judgment in your word, we read it right here. But, Father, we accept those things. Lord, and act upon those things that are life-giving. So help us this week to speak life into other people, life about other people, life about each other, about family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors, those that labor with us for the, for the cause. Father, help us, Lord, to, to bring life to our community. Father, Lord, even, even in the realm of everything that goes on around us, that we know the thoughts you have for us, that we are a friend of God, that your word over us is like apples of gold and settings of silver, a word fitly spoken. Thank you so much, Father, Lord, for the words you speak over us. Help us to speak those words over each other. In Jesus' name, amen.
great word this morning. I love that. I love that. I love the whole thing, but I love that part that our friends had friends that they could actually call and they would do anything for them. They would drop everything they were doing because they had that kind of friendship. And and I hope you have somebody that that you can that you can call and you know they're just gonna they're gonna be there. They're gonna drop what they're doing. Like you know, I can call Carol and say, Carol, I need fifteen thousand. You bet. I'll get it out of Landon's wallet. But that, that's the kind of friendship that we have, but maybe you don't necessarily have that person in your life. But God said, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be the friend. So when you are in need, you can say, all right, friend, I'm in need of a financial miracle. I'm in need of a healing. I'm in need. I'm calling on my friend. And that friend is going to get that for you. I said in first service, you know what, sometimes the Bible says he'll sell cattle. He has a cattle on thousand acres. And when I think of that sometime and we have a financial miracle we need, we'll just kind of look up and say, God, you got to sell some cows because we have a need. And it's someone that he comes through every time. And I love that. I love that he is our friend. And he said he'll stick closer than a brother. He's going to be your best friend. So I encourage you to get friends and have some true friends in your life that you can just call and say, you know what, I have a need, and they're going to be there. But if you don't have that, you know you have a Father in heaven who says, I'm going to be the friend because I am a friend of God. He calls me his friend. So that is so amazing. Amen? Well, that's so exciting. I encourage you, um, as Pastor shared, to, to pray for your children. Pray for them every morning when you get up. Just say their name and whatever they have need of. Just just speak over them, whatever it is. And um, you know, we use our children a lot for examples. But um, Jessica, um, she is um, the CFO of a company right now, and we don't like her working in that company. Mark and I don't, as a parent, because she is just overworked. She's a, she was just doing way too much, and she was kind of put into this and just so much so we just started praying God would you just open the right door for her and we we just you know we just said God you have a plan and she is blessed beyond blessed and she went through a really hard situation a few years back and everybody knows and most know that story but she stood firm she stood strong on what the word of God says and she called out her friend not just her papa and mama she called on the friend of god and said i gotta have some help getting through this situation and she has been blessed beyond blessed and this company is just it's it's there's another company out there that she needs to be working with and we had prayed and said god would you open the door that she needs to work walk through and like all of a sudden in a week she's got all these huge companies just calling and saying well will you come for work for me i'll give you this you come for me and there was a certain one that we really liked her working at and that company out of the blue called back this week and said we want you back please come back and whatever you want we want you so that's just how god works because a mama and a papa cared for their daughter that said this is too much you've got to be her friend you need to follow through what your word says and I love that if the word says it we stand on it we stood on it we stand on it for all of our children we stand on it for y'all as well but I think it's a privilege and I think it's an obligation for you to stand 
up for your children. I, I, I really feel that every morning if we don't declare out the blessings that God has for, we name out every one of our kids. We name our grandchildren. We name their spouses. We declare blessings over them. We declare that you would open doors that need to be opened in their life, but you shut doors that they are not to walk through. And that is your obligation and it is your privilege as parents. So I encourage you to do that. And let me just throw another bite as I'm closing. On Wednesday night, we have um, Bible study at the downtown campus. And it's been amazing. And you're welcome to join us, 6 o'clock prayer, 6.30. And while you're having Bible study, you can have your middle school to high school kids go upstairs with these two over here who study and have a word and they have fun stuff for your junior high and high school kids and do you know we have one one logan thank you for coming just logan thank you logan logan has showed up but i think there's more kids that this is as parents job that we tell them that this is a time of friendship that you can develop, Christ-like role models. It's, it's just important. Sports is fun. Sports is good. Mm, okay. It's really important. 6.30, Wednesday night, middle school, high school. Why don't you come out and just give it a shot. Just see if you like it. I think you... Logan says it's fun. Right, Logan? Yep. So... Give it a shot. 6.30 Wednesday, downtown, in the Bible study. We're just, uh, I hope you can just give it a shot. Give it a try. All right. We love you so much. And we only tell you these things because we want you to be blessed. We want your children to be fought after in the business world or whatever it is. Because that's where it started was that. So just, just saying. Just trying to help you. All right. Let me bless you. We love you and we thank you that you are a good, good father. We thank you that you call us your friend. We thank you that we can call on you in the time of need and you will come running to help us and to pick us up and carry us. So Lord, I pray that we would do the right thing. We would walk in right ways, righteousness, Lord, that we would be obedient and we would carry out the obligation and the privilege to pray for our children and teach them the right ways. So Lord, we bless you and we thank you. We give you all the glory and all the praise for who you are, for what you are, and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Wednesday night, 6.30 downtown. Love ya. Thank you. thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give or by downloading the app and select Give. We can't wait to see you next week.